Hi, this is Era, the host of the Tamil Creator Podcast, where I learn about, celebrate, and discuss hot topics with creators from all over the world. Check the mic and make sure it sounds right, boys. So hello, everyone. Welcome to episode seven of the Tamil Creator. Today, I'm going to be chatting with Jenny Baskarin um, of Palm Roots. And before I let her kind of introduce herself, I will kind of talk about how I know her and actually... Um, we actually, she just reminded me a conversation just before this podcast started that we actually met at the first anniversary of TC's launch party, uh, which was about 10, 11 years ago, which is crazy because I completely forgot about that. And she reminded me. So that was like a trip down memory lane. And ever since then, I've been kind of obviously, you know, I think as most people keeping an eye on people through social media. So I've been following her work through Palm Roots and the amazing work she's been doing there. So uh, today we're going to kind of delve into her story a bit more, talk about Palm Roots, why she started it and uh, kind of go from there. So without further ado, Jenity, why don't you tell the folks who are listening a bit about yourself? Hello, everyone. Uh, firstly, thank you for having me on this podcast. I'm really excited to be here. Um, one of the questions I hate answering is tell me about yourself. And that's the first question you're asking. <laughs> so um, to summarize, I would say I'm a photographer. I'm an artist um, with a very, very passionate heart in giving back to the community. And I'm a very out of the box photographer. <laughs> so yeah, I think that just summarizes me in one line. Okay, I like it short and sweet. Um, so like I said, I think obviously everyone knows you as a photographer, but you're more than that. And you started, um, I guess the best way to describe it is a nonprofit or maybe describe it as another kind of entity, but Palm Roots. And, you know, I think you've been doing it for the last four or five years, maybe, or maybe a bit um, longer. I started in 2013. Yep. So eight, almost eight years ago. And obviously this year has been a, a wacky year and I'm not sure if you did anything this year, but tell us a bit more about Palm Roots, why you started it and what kind of impact, you know, you've seen the organization or your efforts, um, you know, achieve in the last few years. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I started Palm Roots in 2013 and right before that I was still doing photography, but I was focused more on events. <clears throat> and uh, one thing I noticed is I was in I was one of the first few female photographers in the Tamil community at that time and we weren't really getting the respect that we deserved as photographers and once I started seeing that I also started to realize the pattern of art firms not being respected by the Tamil community like it was never something that they would look at as like a career so I think I kind of got that determination to prove that like an art firm can really have an impact in the world and like cause change in the world and coincidentally or that same year I went to Jaffna for the first time so when I went there I started taking a lot of pictures without the intention of having palm roots anytime um, and then once I saw the way I was looking at Jaffna compared to the stories that I've been hearing through like media or like the older generation I wanted to come back and say my side of the story and so I did it through photography instead of kind of having like an event where like a TED talk to speak about it. I just thought, why not do an auction? So that's how Palm Roots started, where it said, OK, I'm going to showcase my art form. I'm going to show you my side, the way I see Jaffna. And you get to keep a piece of Jaffna in your homes. Um, but and all the funds that we raise through it is going towards edu supporting education for kids back home who don't have like the privileges that we have here. So, yeah, that's how it started. And like over the years, like what kind of like in a dollar amount, how much have you raised? I feel like it's been quite a bit just following your work. Um, 
I did a calculation recently because I was doing another write-up. Uh, so far, around 60,000. Wow, that's amazing. And you've had yeah. some amazing community partners that's, and oh, like businesses, yeah. right? Yeah. Are, are, there any, are there any ones specifically that you want to maybe give a shout out to? Uh, of course, Ideal Groups, <laughs> which runs a very well-known one. Um, they've been a huge support from 2015 onwards. They kind of came on board and they've been supporting me till my last event in 2019. Um, and also I've been working with Miracle Family Care, which is the church that I raise funds for. Got so it. those are the two huge ones that I would say. But it all started off surprisingly with uh, Gary on in this hunger, your local MP who was a lawyer at that time. So he was one of the main sponsors when I first started it. That's awesome. Um, and like you talked about, like, I know you've been doing it for eight years. How have you seen Palm Roots evolve? Like, I feel like once you as a creator, whenever you start something and you put it out there, like I, I use the example of TC. Yeah. Like I remember when we launched 10, 11 years ago, like our site website was horrible. We, you know, like our, you know, we didn't have a lot of like content. We had some good content, but like, right. I feel like things evolve once you put it out there. Have you seen the same thing with Palm Roots? Yeah, because I mean, the first year that I did it, it was like my friends and family that came out to the event and it was a very small event. Not many people knew about it. They, they didn't really understand what I was trying to do. So they're just like, okay, like, let's let her just do her thing. We'll see how it goes. But then once it started blowing up, especially after 2015, when it blew up, um people were like okay she's really making a difference like she's actually doing something and she's showing I think one of the main reasons it stood out is because I was showing proof of the donations actually reaching back to Jaffna and reaching the schools and showing them constant feedback from the schools so usually like I'm not to not to put down any fundraisers here but one thing that people always get concerned about is where their money is really going so once I started, like I was very transparent with where the funding was going. So that made me stand out, I guess. And mm. I think over time it grew from just being an event to becoming a brand of its own. So yeah, that, that I would say was that very visible growth that I saw. Got it. Okay. And like, what are your plans with Palm Roots? Like I know you started off as kind of an auction, um, you know, it was like a smaller event and then obviously it grew in size, but it was still an auction you know, storytelling through your photos. Um, do you see it evolving? Like, do you have any other plans for it or like different forms of exhibiting or telling your story um, in the future? Um, it really depends. Cause I, I mean, this year I couldn't, I mean, 2020 and 2021, I wasn't able to really do like an all out event because of the whole pandemic that's going on. So I have, I think for now, I'm just kind of seeing where things go, but I would like to continue doing an event where I could showcase photos because photography is my main passion. So it's like that love for photography will never go away, but I also want to show people our age and other side of Jaff now. So like for the people that aren't able to visit or just choose not to visit, they can get a part of that through my photos. So I do want to continue it, but I don't I don't like making long-term plans because obviously everything's unpredictable now. So I'm just going with the flow for now. Got it. And like for you, photography was at least what like through Palm Roots is photography just tell like a story about where you're from and kind of show a different side of Jaffna that, you know, like, you know, like even Africa is the same thing. Like, right. I was just reading an article today about I forgot which movie it was with uh, Eddie Murphy, I think it was, where um, it was one of the few movies that was a classic that showed Africa, you know, similar to Wakanda, like yeah. in a, Africa is like a, a country or sorry, like a, a continent that was able to sustain itself. I feel like Jaffna is similar where 
you only hear like the negative or sad stories, but there's a yeah. lot of positive stuff happening there too. I, and I'm glad you mentioned that because that's actually one of the main things that I'm trying to kind of emphasize on to show the positive sides and to see like, yes, there's things that are still happening that are heartbreaking, but at the same time, our community really is taking a step forward to establish their own lives. And like the amount of entrepreneurs you have in Jaffnana is ridiculous. Like the, the drive and the hustle is so like on another level that it's like whenever I go there and see the way the youth work it may whenever I come back I'm just extra motivated and that's not this that's not the energy that people feel when they think about Jaffna they think about the other side of the story but there's also a positive side to it yeah no I've been I've been kind of lucky through Tamil culture where we got exposed to like the startup scene in like Jaffna yeah uh, like your all IT hub I think is like the big one there and like yeah yeah there's so many like like you can kind of see the and entrepreneurial energy of Tamil people in Canada, right? Like a lot mm-hmm. of folks that came here, they took on like, you know, low paying jobs, but then they slowly kind of got into like entrepreneurial ventures where there's restaurants or cleaning businesses. And, you know, there's, they're one of like the most successful ethnic groups in at least Toronto, but I'm sure like across Canada as well. So um, yeah, I, I love what you're doing there. Um, with respect to kind of, you know, Palm Roots, obviously, like you said, you haven't had a chance in the last couple of years to do your core event to kind of raise money and awareness. And I know, you know, you mentioned that you started to kind of write and create a blog around maybe like your thoughts, but also, you know, to drive awareness to Palm Roots. Mm-hmm. One article in particular, like, I absolutely love just because like <laughs> I read it and like it just really resonated with me personally was right. one titled, you know, Perks of Being an Outcast. And, yes. and folks that are listening, I will kind of, you know, add some of the links that we're talking about here into the show notes, but it's a great read. You may or may not resonate with it, but I'd love to kind of hear why you wrote it. And like, yeah, just, yeah, just kind of hear your points. Cause I think I, We'll probably share some of my thoughts around it as well. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I, that article, it's funny because that was one of the articles that I wrote very short. Like it was such a, like a, I just had this random thought where I'm just like, why do I feel always feel like an outcast? And then I just started writing. Whereas the other articles that I've posted where it's about farming and like all those things that I spent so much time like doing the research on. Yes. And then I just randomly decided to do this article because I was just feeling so agitated. But like, that's the one that resonated with so many people. Like even till today, like that's, I mean, I only have like a, I think four or five articles so far, but that one really stands out to people. And I like that because it kind of came straight from my heart. And it's just that feeling I've always had of like being the outlier and the outcast. Cause it's like, even like me being born and raised, I was born and raised in the Middle East. So it's like, I came, I came to Toronto when I was 13. So even when I came here, it was like, where, where exactly are you from? Like, are, do people still live there? And like, what kind of, like that, those are the kind of questions that I would always get. So I'm just like, okay, I'm, I'm a human being. I went to school, like, you know, I had a normal childhood. So it's like, it was just being able to adapt to people here. And then everywhere I went, it was that constant change of like so many different cliques of people, but never really fitting into one, but I would always blend into so many to a point where now it's like any event that I go to in the Tamil community, I at least know five people, but it's like, they're all acquaintances. They're not like, they, I just know them from different cliques, but I wouldn't say like, I'm part of a certain clique. <laughs> so it's like, I'm, I, I just flow through a groups of people instead of being in one clique. So I've always felt like an outcast. So yeah, I just felt like writing about it because I'm like, I'm, I don't belong to a certain place, but I always feel like I belong to myself. Like my identity is so strong with how I feel about who I am. 
but I can't relate that to anyone around me. I don't know if that makes sense, but that was basically the point. It just kind of came straight out of my heart where I just didn't understand why I felt that way. But then I'm just like, you know what? This is who I am and I'm going to celebrate it. So let me put it out there in an article. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I, I just kind of I had an open end. Um, I think it was. Oh, my God. Are you going to quote me? <laughs> I am. Yes, I'm going to read it because oh, it, no. it was a really well written article. And like, like <laughs> I, said, I read it. And I was like, OK, I need to talk to Jenny now. Um, <laughs> we've been trained to find ways to shape ourselves into our clique so that we never feel left out. Our generation is most affected by FOMO because we focus so much of who we are based on people around us. Our choices become influenced by choices that are our peers to make, to assure we get a sense of belonging with them, which often leads to losing our unique identities over time. And I would say, you know, like I think this experience that you're talking about, especially yeah. during high school, I think during high school is more prone to kind of following kind of others' leads or like right. even like, you know, trying to be someone I wasn't. And I felt like once I got to university, and slowly over university, like I think as you get older, I think generally you become more, a bit more confident of yourself over time. Right. Um, and I think I, I think similar to you where um, I would say like, you know, 10 years ago, I would have like tons of acquaintances. Like I knew like a lot of different people from a lot of different things just because yeah. I did a lot of different things. Right. But I wouldn't say that, you know, there's one group of people. I mean, maybe there's like a, a, a small group of people that I would say that I hang out with regularly right. but like you know I, I wasn't like good friends with like a lot of people I yeah. think for me I was always fascinated by I love to learn about people um, I feel like I ask a lot of questions so I feel like mm -hmm. that allowed me to kind of fit in like you with different groups of people uh, but I was never like you know I don't know Stop I guess <laughs> yeah well I, I also like I would say that um, I was also like opinionated in, in a way as well and some yes. and often those opinions weren't the popular opinion yeah uh, you know for example like a lot of how I think is like very out of the box like for me I never was focused on making money like a lot of money like I I ran mm -hmm. a business but it wasn't so I could make millions of dollars it was more so I want to own my time that's what right. I cared about because I want to spend it with people and yeah. family um, or like you know me and Claudia we have twins and we live in a condo yeah. that's not like that it's not like it makes us unpopular but it's kind of like a strange decision for most people to kind of understand Mm -hmm. um so anyways I'm just like I really just really enjoyed that piece so I want to like at least bring it up and talk about it because you had some other uh good pieces as well but I guess for me this is the one that I could resonate with and it makes sense that I think a lot of people resonate with this because whether they admit it or not I think a lot of people their sense of belonging has kind of um been exposed or kind of highlighted during COVID where you don't get the normal like physical hanging out like exactly like you've really figured out who's with you and who is it not in a bad way it's just kind of yeah no, yeah yeah so no and is. I think that that particular part that you read came from like just constantly hearing about like the comparison that we have to people it's like oh that person's doing this why are you not doing that that person's like this why are you not like that and it's like but I am who I am and it's like so where's that where's that identity of yourself when you're constantly comparing to people other people and kind of using other people as a mirror instead of looking at yourself as a mirror for sure so yeah it's like that whole comparison thing that exists in our community for like decades and like have you heard the the framework of like the five whys no i haven't so basically it's like you know what kids you know if you tell a kid something they keep asking why yeah and like it's like a similar thing where like if like you know you just what you just talked about if I ask like like you know I talk to Claudia like we talk about things mm -hmm. and then as we're talking if I ask the five whys yeah. eventually you get to the real truth of why somebody said something 
So like you might think you said this because of this, but the underlying core reason fundamentally for a lot of things that I hear about people talking about is that Mm -hmm. they care about what other people think. Yeah, 100%. That's that's like the the core thing. So anyways, this is like, so yeah, I mean, I'm going to share this article (laughs) after this podcast. I I feel like people could benefit from reading it. So okay, I'm glad. I hope Uh, I write more pieces like that then. Yeah, no, I think I think that's the thing about creating content, though, right? I think um, there might be things that resonate with you, but then you never know what will resonate with people, right? Like what people yeah. really enjoy. So um, keep producing content. Um, um, yeah, another I, th- I think topic I want to highlight was you hi- you talked about it earlier, which was you're you're female and you're one of the first photographers in the community. I think I think Vipu was yeah. the other one I can yes. think of as well. Yeah, um, and you know. You mentioned that you weren't like I think photography and like anything creative wasn't taken seriously like 10 years ago and I think it's slowly changing but as someone that you know you're directly in that space have you seen it change and if so like like I guess from from an opinion of like either your peer groups or from like you know family like older family members um, have you seen their opinion of you being a photographer change? Um, So one thing I have to highlight though is because of the pandemic, I saw the dark side of it where I felt really, so I don't actually, I'm not a photographer full time. That's a side thing that I do. Um, But I know so many artists who do this full time who actually were affected by the pandemic big time. And it it annoyed me so much because it became like a I told you so moment for so many people where they were like, oh, look, now you don't have a stable income. This is why we were telling you that you need to have a full time. Like that whole negative talk was much more louder during the pandemic. And that just annoyed me so much more because it takes a lot of strength for an artist to actually pursue their art form full time, especially during times like this. But instead of celebrating their consistency and their persistence we're kind of like using this as a moment to point fingers um but in my personal journey i think the the way people treated me when i was an event photographer for like the first two three years compared to the way it was once palm root started changed so much just because people saw that i was doing something that was related to giving back and that whole philanthropy humanitarian side came in the picture so the respect level went up. Um, and I think, in t- which, was, which was my point, which was the point that I was trying to prove. So in that way, it did change. But I, I still get that whole talk of like, oh, you're still doing photography. You're still doing that on the side. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I still have that. But it's just, I've just become so, like, it's like mute now. Like, it's like, I just don't hear it anymore. But it still exists. But I think people are just visibly seeing the amount of support, especially like during the pandemic, the amount of funding that the government provided. People were like, wow, they're giving so much funds for like artists. So they are a big deal. And I'm like, really? It took this for you to realize the impact of artists? Like, if it wasn't for art, we wouldn't, like, we would be zombies. Like, that's how I see it. So I, like, I feel like, people still see art form as something that you should do on the side and not like your full-time job. Um, but I don't know, I, I, I feel like it's still the same. Like it hasn't changed much, but I personally haven't been affected by it because it's always been like a side thing for me. So, Got it. Yeah. I would say about your comment around like people saying, I told you so. Yeah. I think I feel like I've heard that so much, even when like TC started, like, why are you guys doing this? What's the point? Uh, the Tamil you know, community is so small. I think it's like, um, I don't want to generalize, but I feel like a lot of people put down others versus supporting them when they also feel something, um, they don't feel great about themselves. So I feel like they don't want others to experience something different that they don't understand. 
Um, and with respect to kind of the creative arts, I completely agree with you. I'm not creative. I guess I'm creative by doing this podcast, but you know, like I admire people that are creative. I read this quote or something that somebody wrote, like, you know, when you wake up, you listen to music, maybe like when you're getting ready for the day or like yeah. you're watching TV or like a movie when you're unwinding after work, there's like all these examples of art that are throughout, you know, creative arts throughout your day. Yeah. And then, you know, like you said, if people didn't have that, like you would be pretty much, I don't know, like not robots, but like you would, there wouldn't be a lot of joy. Like music brings yeah. joy to people. Movies brings joy or like it exposes people to viewpoints they don't get to hear about. So I'm like a big believer in the creative arts. And I think as technology replaces um, or like, you know, replaces a lot of these jobs of old, you know, like um, I feel like art will become more important. Um, so I, I just think, I think it's only going to get more important. Like this is like, I think the golden age to be a creator. So. Well, let's just hope it takes a positive turn after the pandemic kind of eases down. I think so. I, I think, um, you know, uh, I think a lot of people in the art space, they found really, I found like a lot of examples online where they've been able to kind of quickly pivot. Yeah. Um, so like, you know, do outdoor exhibits or like do digital exhibits. And obviously like, uh, have you heard of NFTs? No, I haven't. They're like, it's kind of like a bit of blockchain and kind of unique identification. It's like basically like unique ownership of like digital like art or like assets and art is like one of the first ones. Okay. So I feel like there's been a lot of artists that have been making like crazy. I think art has been put to the forefront because of kind of COVID and like, you know, blockchain and like cryptocurrency. Yeah. There's like literally artists making tens of millions of dollars with art, which is crazy. Yeah, and like street art is becoming such a huge thing, which is one thing I love uh, yes. because I always felt like, like even like 10 years ago, downtown just felt like a bunch of buildings. And like, every time I would go to work, I would be like, oh, I need some kind of color in here. And like now everywhere I go, it's like the buildings have like, artwork on the sides and like all like it's just so nice to see so much more artwork and color everywhere no for sure i agree with you yeah um so i obviously we've been focusing a lot on like what you do on the side so what do you do as a day job and like how does it align with your after hours interest if there is any at all um it, it doesn't align at all <laughs> <laughs> it gives me that balance because it's complete opposite so my day job I'm actually an assistant to pathologist at Toronto General Hospital which is very like task oriented and like a very managerial like very complete opposite from who I am as like my personality yes. but what it does is it makes me kind of focus on keeping myself grounded. So whenever I'm outside of work, I, like my creative energy just goes on full blast. And that like is. I'm involved in so many different creative projects and I'm able to give my like full 100% to those projects because my day job kind of keeps me grounded. And it's taught me a lot about leadership and like managing five pathologists, it's, it's, it gets crazy. Um, and even being in that hospital environment, even during now, like the during COVID, it's been a lot, but that has also helped me refocus all my creative energy on projects. And like, I planned palm roots while I was at work. So it's like, I hope <laughs> doesn't hear this, but <laughs> um, like most of the planning was done during work because they give me that freedom to like do my work, but at the same time work on my own stuff. And then when I'm outside work, I'm on like full art mode. So like, would you say that after like in a given week, in a typical week, yeah. after you're done your like day job or day work, yeah. you're like pretty much working on your art. Like, do you do, do you, I guess, is this your way of unwinding or do you have other things that you do besides your art to kind of unwind? 
Um, I do a lot of reading, but yes, art form is, does take a majority of my time after work, just because I, like, it's like my happy space at the end of the day. Okay. Speaking of books, that's a great segue to my next question. Okay. <laughs> um, like I read a lot as well. And like, for me, I just ask because I want to add it to my list. I'm sure people are interested or are interested as well. But mm-hmm. what is either like a favorite book or a podcast that you listened to recently that's had like a, a you know, a significant impact on you? Um, one, I think anyone who's friends with me in like the last like eight, nine years knows I've said this book name so many times, but, uh, The Monk Who Sold a Ferrari by Robin Sharma, uh, that book is literally one of those change my life moments. Um, I actually read it when I was in university and like, it just changed the way it changed my outlook on a lot of things, especially like the spirituality aspect came into place. Uh, but it's highly, highly recommended. Like it's such a good book. Um, and the other one, which I think you might like, it's called Flashes of Thought. It's by the ruler of Dubai. Um, he has such a long name, but I'll say Sheikh Mohammed. You can probably Google it to find the rest of his name. Um, it's like Al Maktoum or something like that. But it's such a good, it's one of those quick reads. It's a very short book, but he's obviously known for like creating Dubai for what it is today. And he talks about a lot, like he's a very controversial leader. Like he has a lot of bad reputation, but at the same time as a leader, he's on top of his game. Like that book is a very short read, but each chapter talks about aspects that you that are really crucial to leadership. And, but he also adds aspects of like spirituality, family, creative, like the creative energy and like how to kind of, like strategic thinking, basically. So that's a book I would highly recommend too. So those two books are always my go-to. Like I always keep going back to them. Okay. So yeah, those are two that I would say. And I guess related to that, what's like a new belief or behavior um, or I guess habit that you have have adopted over the last little while that's really improved your life? Um, it does relate to the book too, but self-reflection, okay. <laughs> can't even say that right, but yeah, it's just about like, whenever, it's, it's, it's a thought that really helped me kind of go through that whole thing that our community has of like, what will other people think? It's like, that does not even run through my mind anymore. It's because of that aspect of self-reflection where if something triggers me about someone else or if something, a comment someone says bothers me, I kind of look back and I'm like, okay, what is it about that aspect that's making me feel uncomfortable? So instead of lashing out on the person or telling that person to stop, I take that comment and I'm like, uh, and I think to myself and I think, okay, like, why is that triggering me? What part of me is kind of feeling agitated over that comment? And once you start doing that as a practice, you get to a point where nothing can phase you. And you just get to a point where it's like no one's comment or no one's behavior can affect you. Not that I'm a pro at it, I'm still practicing, but you just become very like, it's kind of like meditation where you go within to focus on certain aspects instead of looking outside for like that validation all the time. You kind of take it in and be like, okay, so what, what do I need to work on? what what can I improve about myself so it's always constantly asking myself what I can improve instead of like spending my time finding faults in other people or gossiping or talking about what other people are doing no that's like it's a great habit like for me it's I think that's like another thing I think I've really adopted over like the last four or five years or actually even longer mm-hmm. sometimes I feel like there's with every good or anything that's perceived good there's always a negative I feel like when I when I pretty much say I don't like I'm not affected by what people say about me 
it could be taken the wrong way as in like, oh, you don't care to kind of, you know, you don't care about people. I was going to say that, but okay, you can finish. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I think that's what I think people sometimes would be like, oh, this person may not care, but it's not that it's like, I do care about people and I go out of my way to do things to show that. But I guess when I do things, I just don't like, I mean, um, there's certain people I do care about their opinion, but I just, otherwise I'm I'm not over paralyzed or not paralyzed by every single person's thought of what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah, but you were going to say something. For like us, like one thing I can say about me is like, especially when it comes to my parents, like when they say something, it just affects me so much more than anyone else. And I'll sit there and be like, why did they say that? What is that supposed to mean? And like, I'll overthink to a point where I realize that might have been something that bothered them, but it's nothing personal to do with me. So it's like once I started taking that of like, don't take everything personally, it kind of made the whole the grabbing aspect a lot better mm, makes but sense. I still respect their opinion I just know when to take it or just to kind of be like okay I I understand what you're saying but let it be there <laughs> and I notice some people like they do care about you and they give you advice but they might not be the best they might not know how to best word things so uh it just might come Speaking off especially of which, actually my next blog post <laughs> <laughs> see let's see how much you resonate well yes i look forward to reading it okay um where do you see yourself like in the next three to five years oh man that's another question that i just never know how to answer honestly i really don't know like i've there are things that have happened in my life so far things that i've never dreamt of happening like it's 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 been crazy so i like it i like it that way so i don't like to plan too ahead Mm. But I know, I know what I need to do in terms of like what makes me the happiest. Um, so, and that's always been my focus, but in terms of like career goals or like all that stuff, I just go with the flow. Okay. Yeah. So you'll probably hate this question even further more, more <laughs> but I'm going to ask it anyways. Uh, what about your personal legacy? Like for me, I like this question because there's a book called, I'm sure a lot of people have read it. It's called uh, Tuesday mornings with murray Murray? yes yes so like you know like i think he set up like you know for those of you haven't read it essentially he fakes his own death um and he sets up like a uh like a funeral just to kind of see what his friends and family say about him and so like i like to you know when i'm living my life i want to you know try to like i try to behave in a way that i want to be remembered for um so like what what is that for you like in a few sentences like how do you want to how do you want to describe yourself like um, your personal legacy? I think, so someone in another interview asked me if I was to write a book, what would it be called? Yes. And I think it both relates to the same thing. I, I The answer that I gave to that was living life on her own terms. Got it. And that's something that's like, for me, I want to be remembered as someone that really followed her heart and like really followed what she wanted to do and lived life on her own terms. Um, so yeah, I think that's something that like, no matter how many, and, and also like, I think the, uh, importance of kindness, that's something that I've tried so hard to emphasize on. And usually kindness is is seen as something that's very like weak and soft and, you know, it's like, oh, you know, you're so kind all the time. Like that's the kind of tone you get, but kindness is such a strong quality to have and it takes true strength to be kind. So I think those are the things that I want to be remembered for. And I think when you say kind, I think um, there's a difference between being kind and a pushover. Mm-hmm. You can be kind without being a pushover. Yes. So I, I, I definitely resonate. I get that sometimes too. Um, okay. So what's your personal legacy? 
my legacy i think the way I, i think it is i think of it as like the different personas that i want to have like yeah. in terms of like for me when somebody looks at like you know at my funeral whatever it is yeah. i want to be remembered as a great like husband a great father a great like son brother friend like basically yeah. like i'm a, i'm very relationship oriented mm-hmm. so even like this podcast it's really i want to build relationships i want yeah. to build an audience like the people that i can talk to about things mm-hmm. uh, so i think it's like i'm very relationship oriented so okay. i want to be remembered for those different things nice okay so yeah that's a long answer to your really question cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um so in terms of like being Tamil uh being a big, so for me it's a big part of my identity and how I view myself and hence you know what why um I started or co-founded tamilculture.com um what has been like do you feel the same way as like Tamil being a big part of your identity and if so also like what has been the impact of the Toronto Tamil community on you personally and like you know I would say business wise or like you know obviously with your your non-work initiatives yeah um I can't see myself as anywhere else other than being Tamil like it's like the identity is so strong that I relate to it so much um so I like even since I was since I was little it's like the Tamil culture has always been a part of my life in terms of like dance art forms the language like I can read write and speak so it's like that's such a huge for me that's something that I'm very proud of and yeah the the culture and identity is such a huge part of who i am like if you were to take that part away from me like that would be like 90% of who i am so i definitely do have a, like tamil being tamil is a very strong part of my identity um in terms of the tamil community um yeah i think for, i've always been kind of involved in it in terms of not even if you take out palm roots like i was part of kantide as a youth outreach worker I was a volunteer for Cantide and also and I'm also part of many other organizations that are within the Tamil community because I think just growing up like at home that was always something that was emphasized and even giving back to the community was always emphasized so uh because that passion came through like I think the Tamil community here has supported me so much with every initiative that I take um but at the same time there have there has been the negative side as well because i at the end of the day they see me as like oh she's a girl that's you know doing her own thing and it's like what what's really where is she really going with all of this like i get those type of questions as well but the support has like just over like that just emphasize i don't know like i think i don't see palm roots being what it is today if it wasn't for the support of the community yeah no i agreed i feel like it's there's like the pro and con of like they say in the Tamil community instead of six degrees of separation there's like two which is true <laughs> yeah. um and it's pr- there's pros and cons to that right like I mean everyone talks about everyone maybe or oh, but like yeah. I feel like but I feel like the community really rallies around like entrepreneurs or businesses or people yeah. so uh yeah there's pros and cons of I think everything yeah and I think like one of the examples like even coming back to like ideal supporting me from like Pomerits when they supported me in 2015 they like barely knew who I was but something made them trust me and say okay let's just see where this goes and like they completely supported the event and when the community saw that a group like ideal was supporting my event it just kind of made people recognize me more and be like okay she must be doing something right if a company like ideal is trying to support her so again it comes back to that whole like foundation that i have with the tamil community here yep and i think like building a reputation takes a long time 
Yeah. Um, I, and I think it destroys in a second. It, it can be destroyed in a second. So yeah, it's like it sucks. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, and then I guess who is one person from the global Tamil community um, that you admire, and who is one person that isn't Tamil that you admire, and like why? Oh man, there's so many people. Okay, I I, I can't really specify one person from the global Tamil community, but I think throughout my work, like one thing I always look back to is like every Tamil parent, I think, who left back home during the war and moved to another place and started life from scratch and kind of have kids now that are successful in their own ways in another country is considered like someone that I admire because like look at the amount of things like our parents went through like my parents weren't really in that war zone but like there are so many parents that kind of overcame that and then moved to a place like here or anywhere anywhere across the world and like to be able to start from scratch and build that you know stability for their family and now like even like survive a pandemic like who would have thought they would go through all these things and yet survive like that's such a huge like it takes so much strength to go through all of that so i think i just admire like anyone who's been through that journey um so i can't really point out one person <laughs> um but outside of the community like there's just one person that I've always looked up to and since I was little, like, I don't know if you're going to find this funny was uh, it's Princess Diana. Okay. Uh, always admired her so much. Um, like I was that little girl that had like a scrapbook of pictures of her. And like, I love the work she would do with like nonprofits. And maybe that's a part of me that always knew that I would get into that field as well. But I've always admired her for like, how graceful she, gracefully she handled everything she was going through. I don't know if you watch The Crown, but you can see what she went through in the in the show now. But like, just to be able to to go through all of that and yet keep her poise and like do what she does. And like, twenty five years since she like passed away, people still remember her for her kindness. Like, that's something I always admire. So it would be her. She's like my number one. Well, you said your personal legacy was to live life on your own terms, and she definitely did that. So I can yeah, see it all relates back to my scrapbook from when I was like <laughs> five years old. And then I think your comment about like you know anybody that you know in this case like from the Tamil community specifically in Sri Lanka that escaped the war to go somewhere else and like create a life. I think it, like I don't think like if you don't really think about it, you don't realize how hard that is. Like yeah. when you, if you go to a trip and you go to another country, like, you know, when we went somewhere for hours, we didn't know the language. So, mm-hmm. you know, we have to rely on like a translator or like, you know, like technology to kind of figure a way around, but that's just to kind of enjoy ourselves and take a trip, like a vacation. Yeah. Our parents literally had to figure out if they didn't know English. I mean, I know there's luckily some English background kind of our history in Sri Lanka, but um, you know, for those that didn't understand English wasn't, their first language especially women that weren't given that opportunity in Sri Lanka to learn English completely new language and then you know start off in jobs like you know they might have been like have more if you want to call it prestigious jobs back in Sri Lanka and then have to humble themselves to like do less you know respectable jobs at least in their community's perspective to like food put on their plate and then you know kind of put their children or like the next generation above their own that's like a lot of things to ask from like one person or two people so uh, definitely agree with that. Um, and, you know, we're, to, you know, we're on the subject of kind of being Tamil and a creator, you know, mm-hmm. what's a piece of advice that you would give to an aspiring or fellow Tamil creator? I think <laughs> the number one thing is stop listening to other people. 
Like it's, oh my God, it consumes so much of our brain. Like we we're constantly thinking of what other people will think about what we do. But at the end of the day, everyone's trying to figure out themselves. So like, like it's like, we're all confused in our own ways. So to rely so much on someone else's opinion of what you should be doing or who you are and like what you should, where should you should be going with your life is like, it's like, that's like betraying yourself. So it's like, that's one thing I would say. It doesn't matter if it's an artist or just like human beings in general should stop listening to other people's opinions and really just follow what feels right to them. Because I think it's just so important, even as an artist, one of the main things you need to do is really take out all that negative noise and like, even even transform, like sometimes you can transform negative negative energy into positive when it comes to art, but like you need to do that from a space where you really love what you do and like really understand yourself. So to understand yourself, you need to stop listening to everything around. So that's one thing that I would say um, to do as a Tamil creator and always just never just never give up on your art forms. Like that's something that will always keep you happy. And again, relating back to my blog, like one of the posts that I did was about like your, what's your childhood interest? And that's the little part of you that will always keep you happy. And that always has to do with an art form. And like, even if it's coloring, like some, some part of you is still there that like, if you take that up now, it will make you happier. So it's like, never lose that art form or never lose that skill that you have within you. And even if you're, you feel like you're not an artist or you, you're not creative, you can enjoy other people's art form. You can sure. celebrate other artists. So it's like, just keep that positive energy going within artists. So yeah. Great, great advice. Okay, perfect. Well, I'm going, we're going to now move from the serious part of the discussion into more of the fun part. Okay. Uh, you know, it's a, it's what I call, what I call would you rather. So basically, I'm going to tell you, ask you to choose between two different things, and you just tell me why. Okay. Right? So we'll start off with an easy one. Okay. Okay. Mutton rolls or kotharoti? Oh man, that's so hard. <laughs> um, okay, I would say kotharoti. Okay, and why do you like kotharoti? And where, I was going to be like, are you really going to ask me an answer for yes. why one over the other? Yes, and like, where do you, what's your go-to spot? any if any restaurant like if any tamil like takeout places are listening to this the reason i'm choosing kotroti over mutton rolls is because mutton rolls doesn't always have mutton in it <laughs> so if you put more mutton in your rolls we'll choose that over the kotroti <laughs> you know it's so funny you're like the third person that even if they've chosen mutton rolls they have yeah. that complaint really see well let's let's put out a petition now <laughs> <laughs> like for me this question is like more of kind of a informal poll so like you know i love both of these things so i'm like yeah, well, I know, I know. it's really hard to pick though oh, okay got it um okay this question is more so i've made some observations about like your instagram account so this is why i asked so would you rather be the photographer or the model oh man photographer all day i hate being in front of the cameras are as you sure i've seen more of you models. as i work and how many pictures i post on instagram like I'm telling you, the the reason I post that is because I love when other girls follow me and say that they love the saris that I wear and then ask me about the fashion aspect of it. That's the only reason I post pictures of myself. Other than that, I would love being behind the camera any day. Okay. I thought it'd be more of a trick question, but I guess nope. not. <laughs> um, okay. So if you had to choose to live in either a condo or a house, what would you choose? Condo. 
and why? I'm such a condo person. I don't know why. I have this like fascination over like hotels and condos for some reason. Like even when I'm not traveling, I still love looking like some of the Instagram accounts I follow are just like boutique hotels that I'll probably never go to, but I just love looking at hotels. So condos. And so do you plan to live in a condo or do you currently live in a condo? No, I actually live in a house, but uh, yeah, financial aspects, I don't even want to think about right now. <laughs> <laughs> if we take that out of the picture, it would say, I would say condo. Condo, okay. <laughs> um, and I, I say this, okay, so it's Toyota or Tesla, but you can substitute Toyota for like Honda or whatever, but basically Toyota, Honda, et cetera, or Tesla, what would you choose? Oh my God. I'm so not, not a car person. Um, I, I like Teslas. I like their look, but so maybe I would choose a Tesla. Got it. Yeah. This question is more the environment. <laughs> I typically ask this question as I'm thinking it's more of like a practicality versus like, you know, Tesla looks nice. It's like environmentally yeah, friendly. As you can tell, I'm all about like the looks of a car. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I would say a Tesla. <laughs> Makes sense, I think. Um, and I guess the last question I was trying to figure out your favorite city. I thought it was London, but okay. Is it, would you rather choose Toronto or London to live in or yeah, to live in? That's so hard. Toronto feels like home, but I think in terms of, again, my fascination for Princess Diana and like fashion wise and all that stuff, like I really like London, but I, I would still choose Toronto just because our roads are much bigger. And I, I like, I feel so claustrophobic every time I go to London. So I don't know, that's, that's a hard choice. <laughs> Okay. Well, you did you did pretty well. Um, the key the key question for me was really the mutton rolls and kotoroti, but I got the answer I was looking for. Okay. Good. Uh, awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's you got the complaint that you were looking for. I want to know where you got your kotoroti. I'm just trying to build a list of like oh, where, like what are, what are the spots that people are telling me to go to. So, I've heard Gaza quite a bit for kotoroti. Like yeah. I I really like Gaza. So. So for me, it's like any new restaurant that comes up, the first thing that I try is a kotoroti. So it's really hard because I like I like to do my research everywhere. But yeah, Gaza does stand out. Um, I don't know. Like I, I've tried them like in any any place that you tell me, I probably tried their kotoroti. Mutton rolls, I found the best ones to be at Quality Bakery. Personally, oh, yeah. personally, yeah, I really like this. They stuff. actually have a lot of mutton. Yeah, exactly. Kotoroti, can I be honest? Kotoroti, the best kotoroti is homemade. Oh, interesting. Okay. We make our own, so I can't really, yeah, I don't know. I would say homemade. Got it. <laughs> well, like I said, I'm just building up my database. Um, yeah. no, I don't know if you can add my home as a list, as part of your list, but. Well, if we ever do another podcast and maybe if it's in person, I will demand your home, co your homemade okay. culture too. We've got a deal. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. You know, that concludes kind of our conversation. Thank you again for kind of, you know, making time to kind of um, sit down and chat and share your story. Um, and I'll share, like I said, you know, like your, um, that article that really resonated with me. Um, you know, before we kind of let you go, are there, you know, how can, if somebody wants to reach out and connect with you, um, you know, how do they find you? And like, you know, is there anything else you want to let people know that you're up to? Um, that maybe you're looking for collaboration or just, you know, support? Um, in, so to find me, yeah, social media, like Instagram, like you mentioned, would be one of the main platforms. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good with that. So yeah, Instagram, Facebook, just the usual. And also my website, which is palmrootsonline.com. Uh, there is a contact form if every, anyone wants to reach me, but I also have a main website for my photography and work that I've done so far for Palm Roots, which is uh, team3d.ca. 
um, that has all my work in it. Um, and yeah, like in terms of upcoming work, like right now, like I'm just really enjoying this being a writer. So I'm just focusing on that. But yeah, I would love to do like collaborations or even like if there are any small businesses or upcoming businesses that won't need the promotion, I would love to do like sponsored posts or something like that on my blog. So yeah, anyone can reach out to me. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Jenny. And before we kind of let things go, for anyone listening, please give this podcast five out of five. It really helps increase our visibility on whatever platform you're listening to. So whether that's Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts, please comment, share, like our stuff on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter, whatever your, you know, floats your boat. And if you have any feedback or ideas on future guests or even specific topics, reach out to me, Era, and the email address is hello at thetamilcreator.com. Thank you again, guys, for listening and uh, chat soon. Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys.